Today, I'm talking to Sydney Colby, who is a digital and mixed media collage artist based in Nassau in the Bahamas. Her career is really beginning to take off, having shown her work in her home country, the United States, France, and here in the UK. How would you describe your work to someone who hadn't seen it? Um, I would say that my work, I do mixed media collages, like bold graphic mixed media collages um, that focus on our relationship to trauma and how we address um, and internalize trauma and how we relate to a traumatized body or being. Um, so my work takes, takes a look at this through a personal lens, also through a lens of examining like my, my family and then my culture as a whole, being a Bahamian. Um, it expands a little bit into the Caribbean as well. So it's just unpacking what we might just call personal traits or cultural traits and actually getting to the root of those things. And how do we have space to honor and give those things grace and not really treat them as shameful aspects of who we are, but also not brushing them off as something that is just who we are, like they have a root and they have a cause. You haven't always been an artist like this, though. You started your art career, your creative career, after university as a graphic designer. Could you tell me a bit about how you made the transition between graphic design, working with brands, to doing something much more personal like what you do now? Ah, oh, good question. Um, so I went to school for fine art and I wasn't able to finish due to just like stuff that was happening with my family, some financial issues, and then I started working as a graphic designer to pay the bills and just to give me something to do that wasn't working at a bank. <laughs> something that was still creative. And I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, most of my work, I dealt with, like you said, with brands, doing logos and brand identity systems. So I always had an interest in how people decide to present themselves or what they felt their the persona of their business was so I've always been trying to unpack like and try to articulate who or what a being or an entity was um, visually so the transition into my work now in which I try to unpack who I am who people are um, visually and like our relationship to that I feel like there was a transition and I worked in a gallery space actually at one of the resorts here in the Bahamas. And while we had a resident artist who I really respect and admire, her name is Kendra Furrup, there was a call for a national exhibition as like a national biennial, and it was open to the public to submit um, proposals. And she told me I should. And at this time, I hadn't made art in who? Maybe six, seven, maybe eight years. Um, and she's like, yeah, Sydney, I, I really feel like you can do it. And I was like, you know what? If Kendra thinks I could do it, I should give it a shot. So I did. <laughs> you just needed an extra push. Yeah. I, you know, and it was something that was nagging at me for a while. I, I, for like maybe a full year, I was saying I wanted to get back into it and I didn't know how. So when she gave me that push, I was like, okay, well, let me figure it out and see what I could present. And when I presented it, I honestly didn't feel like it was going to be accepted. I was like, this is so weird. People aren't going to like it. And I got, <laughs> I got um, the callback saying that I was accepted. And when I talked to somebody who was on the um, 
judging committee, they're like, oh yeah, it was unanimous. Like we didn't even think twice. I was like, what? That's amazing. Oh, that must be so cool to hear. Yeah, I really felt honored by hearing that. And the rest is history. Like my work was seen by two curators. Um, one is an art advisor slash curator in the US, um, Maria Brito, and also Larry Osemenza. And they really gravitated toward the piece. And since then, I've just been, well, a year after that, I was making work off and on because I still had a full-time job. And then last year during the pandemic, well, right before the pandemic really took off, I took some time off of work to produce work for a group show in Paris. And it's just been a wild ride since then. Like my career has just taken off and I'm really grateful for it. <laughs> In England, art is kind of seen as a bit secondary to a load of things. Like, the arts world was one of the last things to be bailed out by the government during the pandemic. And we're always hearing about cuts to schools. And it's just kind of bottom of the priorities of our government, I think. Um, what's it like in the Bahamas there? How's art seen as uh, in the wider culture? Um, I feel like people find it to be a risky profession. You will always find it in schools. I was lucky enough to, my parents were able to send me to a private school. But from what I understand in the public school system, the arts program stays. Like they allow for art and music. Some schools, they have a little bit more practical subjects because I think they understand that not everybody, their strengths are not in quote unquote academic fields. Like they might be more practical. They might be people who are more gifted using their hands. And this is not to say that these people aren't like, academically inclined but they just might more have more of an affinity to using their hands so i feel like it is encouraged but like when i look at it like there is everybody like they have this draw to it it's not that it's disrespectful but people find it to be a risky business because i mean hey we live in a on an island in an island nation most people they don't have the luck of international exposure um, not only here, but just without throughout the Caribbean, because we're kind of pushed off from everything, you know. And for you to have any sort of career, like a long-lasting, lucrative career, people feel as though you need to be able to get your work out there into different spaces. Because if it's only circulating throughout the country, it's like it's kind of like you're passing around the same twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> from collecting the artists, the supplies, and back, you know. Have you ever considered moving abroad to uh, work there if you think that's kind of limiting to stay in the Bahamas? Have you considered moving to, you know, you've shown in France and the States and over here in England, or are you, are you set on staying where you are? Um, I have considered it, like moving somewhere else, because I feel like there are certain things, like once you live on an island and you're dependent upon imports, things can get a little bit difficult. Especially if I always have to export something across the ocean, um, through plane, like those things get a bit difficult. So I'd like to have a change of scenery for a bit, but I would never want to indefinitely move. I feel like there's a lot that I, I gain from being in this space. Like there's no place like home. And like even if you look at my work, like it's so bold and bright and there's a lot of motifs that play homage to the Bahamas. I feel like me being in this environment it informs my palette a lot. And I feel like I'll always be drawn to come back to it and reground myself. 
So I always told people that my ideal situation would be like if I find a place, another place that feels like home in a sense, I don't want to establish a studio here, but maintain a studio here so I can move back and forth. But I don't think I'll ever want to completely um, move away from the Bahamas as long as I, as much as I can help it. You mentioned earlier that your work deals with the effects of trauma. Does doing your work, do you find it therapeutic? Is that why you do it? Or is it more to make other people and make viewers of your work aware that that kind of thing is going on? Um, a combination of the two. Initially, it's, it's me. So my work, this is kind of embarrassing. It always starts with a conversation I have with myself in my car or some other quiet place. And I mean like a, a real conversation, like my mouth is open and I'm verbally talking to myself. <laughs> and okay. my work is kind of um, me trying to personify like this conversation or bring this conversation to life. Like what I'm trying to understand a question within myself. So this, when I make work, it's me trying to make sense of it in a way that makes most sense. I'm a visual person. And by extension, I feel like when people are honest and express what they're going through, like fully and wholeheartedly, people are drawn to that. Like when you're able to show some vulnerability, some people are able to connect. It's like, oh, well, maybe I wasn't alone in that situation if they understand it, you know. And through that, I've had some people express to me who I never thought would connect with my work, that they connected with it and they were happy that I, I made it. Um, even if they don't connect with it in the same way that maybe I did, like they, there was some sort of connection. Because, I mean, it's weird. My work, it deals with traumatic instances and experiences or just like feeling that you live in a traumatized body. But because the work is so bright and colorful, like I don't feel like it's dreary. Like you don't walk or look, at, look walk into a room with them or walk up to them and then you feel like, oh no, like you're not willing to engage it. In which most people, when they hear the, like, the trigger word trauma or anything that's like negative or just, I don't know what the word is, like maybe it'll come to me. But anything that's just like that weighted, they try to shy away from it. And I feel like my work allows people the space to engage. And then once they get deep into it, it's like, oh, okay. Have you found that people can identify with having this like with having similar experiences with trauma as you is that when someone appreciates and responds well to your work do they come up to you and say oh I've been through the same thing or is it a little bit more broad than that just general recovering from difficult experiences so with the first bodies of work that I made like early on like the one that I made in the first piece I made for the National Art Gallery the God Called Self series where it was just an image of me and two versions of myself in heated fellowship as somebody has <laughs> described it um they they have reached out to me and they've been like oh I've been through the same had the same theme happen for me um and for other things like when my specimen series in which was in direct response to Dorian I feel like people within the Bahamas and the Caribbean as an in a broader sense, they were able to connect to that because we all have some sort of history or connection to hurricanes and the effects that they have that people don't know, notice. It's just like, when I hear some people talk about hurricanes, they're so used to it. It's just like, you know, people actually lose their lives 
in these um, storms and they're just so desensitized to the whole idea of a hurricane. And it's interesting to see and other people like as a result of Dorian, like the beach is seen as a place of, you know, calm, refreshing, relaxation. For some people when they hear the water after the hurricane, like they just it triggers them and they have a visceral response to it. So I feel like on a broader scale, some people connect to my work and when it speaks to less personal issues and when it's more personal, people more directly deal with the work. Is that something that you've actually experienced then? Have you lost family members and things like that in hurricanes? Um, no, not in hurricanes. I've just lost family members in, in general. I did have a cousin. She was on one of the islands that got severely hit by Hurricane Dorian and we couldn't find her for like three days. Thankfully she turned up and she was perfectly fine, which I'm really grateful for, but I haven't lost anybody in that sense. Um, but what was interesting during Hurricane Dorian, I was actually in New York, so I was away from the storm. And with that extra time, I was able to visit my grand uncle who was living in New York and he acts like a family archivist. So he had like all this information about my family lineage on that side, all these family photos. He was helping me connect so many dots. And it occurred to me, it's just like, hey, if this hurricane ever happened, I would have never had this opportunity to reconnect with him because I hadn't seen him in, since the last family reunion, which was years ago or years prior. And the next thing that occurred to me, like as he was talking, so much of my family is rooted in Grand Bahama which was the second island that was so severely hit. So I understand that when these islands got hit, not only did people die, but you lose like these archives. And that's all that you really have left if you want to pass on. Like once your physical body leaves, all, all you have is like any documentation that you have, whether it be visual or written or um, audible. And if that gets washed away with you, it's just like, well, that's really when you leave this earth, you know? Do you feel like there's an element of your work that you're documenting your own experiences and your family's lives like that so that things don't get lost? Yeah, I feel like that's that's what I'm doing right now because I am working directly from photographs. Um, either it'd be a photograph that I stage for myself or it'd be directly like a, an archive, just like an old photo and I want to preserve it in some way, shape or form. Um, so either I save it on my computer and it's saved and backed up in the cloud, or, but also like the, the image can live on in like another space. And I hope that anybody who secures the work, you know, treats it with respect and care. I don't imagine any vile things that they'll do to it, but you know, <laughs> I hope that it has like a, a happy home. In 2018, you displayed a body of work in the National Art Gallery of the Bahamas, and you called it A God Called Self, which I think is a pretty powerful title. But could you uh, tell me what, what that title means to you and what you were trying to show in that body of work? Hmm. I, yeah, thank you. Um, so A God Called Self is a play on, on words, like not just with a, a religious deity, like yes, that comes into play, but just the whole idea of like a god, like some people is like what you worship and what you feel is like your driving force or your guiding force. 
So it's like for some people it is a religious deity. For other people, like they are driven by money and that is their quote unquote God, or it might be sex or however you put it. But what would happen if you allowed yourself and your well being to be the your driving force? Like that is the most important thing to you. And there's no shame in I can't I grew up in a Christian household and a quote unquote Christian nation. So there's like Almost on every corner, on every street, you could find a church and also a bar. <laughs> so I couldn't get away from the whole idea of Christianity. I grew up my whole life understanding about martyrdom and how Jesus sacrificed himself and also how you were supposed to sacrifice yourself similarly to Christ. Like God is supposed to come first in your life, which is fine. But what would happen if you were able to put the same reverence into yourself in a way that's not narcissistic and selfish so that's what that body of work is dealing with because the images if anybody looks them up you'll find two versions of myself that are dual self-portraits so you'll have one that is like a flat almost like a like a graphic representation of who i am it's just black and white with line drawings and then also uh somewhat grotesque collage version of myself and the two of them are in some sort of intimate relationship and it's an act of worship it's an act of adoration for this person who i think or who i present to the world as being who i aspire to be that being the flat graphic version is showing love and reverence to the person that I am understanding that these two beings hold the same weight these two beings are deserving of love these two beings are just as equally important and respected if that makes sense and by extension I hope other people realize that they are allowed to do that like the collage messed up version of who they are like regardless of what they've been through regardless of the things that they've done they're worthy of forgiveness they're deserving of forgiveness and love and respect and they should be honored in who they are and what they've been through sydney what would you like to offer up as your who's flying the plane hidden gem uh, so I would say my hidden gem is a local gallery. They're fairly new, but they have a really powerful roster in my opinion. They're called um, Turn Gallery, T-E-R-N, um, like the bird turn. And I think that people should just really check them out. They've just had um, a very interesting show with Kendra Fur, the lady who I mentioned earlier, and Anina Major, and they're supposed to be doing another project with Rodell Warner. They have an amazing roster of Caribbean artists, and yeah. So Sydney, how can people get involved with what you do? Where can they see your work, and how can they follow you on social media and things like that? Sure, Um, so you can follow me, I'm on Instagram. Uh, My name is Sid Doodles. C-Y-D-O-O-D-L-E-S and also I'm on you can visit my website which is sydneyjasminecolby.com you could find me I've, I've worked with Unit Gallery in London um, Julian Cadet Gallery in France Paris, France 
And yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot for talking to me today, Sydney. Mm, thank you for having me.